by faith. Please turn to the book of Joshua this morning in the Old Testament. And notice I didn't give you a chapter, so just go to number one. We're going to preach the whole book of Joshua this morning. <laughs> Somebody said, all right, amen. Um, so not, not really, but um, we'll, we'll, get a, we'll get a good part of it in there. The book of Joshua, chapter one. Give me a moment uh, to get set up here. Actually, while you're there, I'm going to read you a verse uh, from the book of Hebrews. From the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 30. It's a familiar passage. Y'all know the book of Hebrews, the hall of faith, if you will. Um, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then the author of Hebrews gives us a lot, gives us a lot of examples of what faith can do. And in verse 30 of Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. So very simply this morning, we're going to talk about some things that take faith to accomplish. We're going to talk about what it means to live by faith. And we'll find some of those examples right here uh, in the book of Joshua. Now, before we get too much in here, I'd like to preface this sermon again by talking a little bit about Joshua. Maybe not, not too long, but you think about Joshua. I mean, his name is a very interesting name. In the Hebrew, his name is Yeshua. It's the same as our Savior, Jesus Christ. The same as Jesus. It's Jesus in the Old Testament. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, referring to Joshua, the author calls him Jesus because that's the Greek pronunciation of it. It's Yeshua. It's our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Joshua, uh, Lord of salvation. Jehovah is our salvation. Now, what's interesting about this is Joshua leads the children of Israel into the promised land. And we'll talk about these things. Across the river into the promised land. Well, before Joshua, before that promised land experience, there was Moses. There was Moses. Now, what does Moses represent? The law. So right after in the Old Testament, we got Moses representing the law and Yeshua right after him. Law and grace. John chapter 1 says grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The law came by Moses. So we have a great example uh, here in the chronology of the children of Israel uh, that the law is before Jesus. Um, now, Jesus, of course, wrote the law, and uh, we're talking about the incarnation, but uh, I just thought that was kind of unique there. And as we read through this book here, I want to point out a couple other things, of course, this morning for, for a few minutes. Uh, we're going to begin here in chapter 1. And the first thing we see here, among many other things, the first thing we're going to talk about this morning, is the call of Joshua after the death of Moses. So in the call of Joshua, God gave him some guidance that if followed, uh, it would ensure complete fulfillment and the purpose of his own calling. You know, it's kind of unique, and we'll reference this a number of times here, but the children of Israel, as do us in the Christian life, we fight from victory to victory, from victory to victory. So in the call of Joshua, there are some things that we can learn from his calling. In these instructions, and in Joshua's response to those instructions, he leads the children of Israel, and we see some facts of faith, if you will, some things, some signs, many things that he did by faith. So, again, we're going to look at a few passages this morning. We won't cover the entirety of the book of Joshua, although that's tempting. Uh, it is a, a very fascinating book. If you have any, any um, 
any excitement about studying through soldiers and military operations. It is a great book filled with excitement. So, but we're going to look at it in kind of a, a formatted way in a few different passages. So we'll look at the call of Joshua. We're going to look at the crossing of the Jordan. And we're going to look at then the conquering of Jericho. Now, that's a great alliteration, yes, but we're not going to use it. <laughs> we're not going to use it. We'll come close to it, though. So the calling, the crossing, and the conquering. And quite frankly, if we superimpose these steps on our lives, we're in there somewhere. All of us are living that life by faith somewhere, or not by faith, if you don't know Christ. We're all there somewhere. We're either being called to do something, beginning with salvation, and by the way, God calls all. He's not willing that any should perish. Or we are crossing our Jordans, if you will, or conquering our Jerichos. Or maybe even somewhere in between each of these, as we face this thing called life, as we face the obstacles in our life. And again, while I almost decided to follow the outline of calling, crossing, and conquering, I believe God wanted me to focus more on the faith behind those stages, the faith behind the calling and behind the crossing and the faith behind the conquering of Jericho. So with that said, and still kind of following those main events here this morning, let's begin reading right there at verse number 1 of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, and we'll read down to verses 6 or 7 or so. The Bible says in verse 1, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not a man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whether so ever thou goest. Let's go to the Lord again in prayer uh, this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for allowing us to be in your house. We thank you for the example of that uh, we have in Joshua and the children of Israel at this phase of, of, their, um, of their journey. And Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have uh, to look into these texts. And uh, we thank you for, for you leading them and guiding them and knowing that you lead and guide us just the same. We, we serve the same God, Lord. I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that the same God is there, is the same God we're speaking to this very moment. Lord, we, we pray to you, God of Joshua, God of Moses, our God, our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you. And in his precious name do we pray. Amen. Amen. So I realize that God's words here uh, to Joshua, as we just jump right into the text here, they may seem more like a command than a call. He says, get up and, and go over this Jordan. So I understand that. But I chose to use the word call and to stick to that word. Uh, to put a greater emphasis, and, and I don't mean this the wrong way, not to put an emphasis on God because He is, 
He's our overall emphasis. Don't get me wrong, but I want to put another emphasis, a sub-emphasis, if I can say it that way, on Joshua's response and our response in that call. Our faith. Our faith. A greater emphasis on our faith. And furthermore, because God is God, every calling is truly a command. Every calling is a command. But regardless of what we call, we must respond in faith. What we call it, we must respond in faith. You know, we, we look at salvation as uh, God's calling His people to salvation. But in the New Testament, the, the reference escapes me, but it says God commanded all men to repent. That's a command. Commanded all men to repent and turn to Jesus Christ. So we must respond in faith, whatever we call it, a command or a calling or, or, whatever, or what have you. And verse 7 here gives us some characteristics. It gives us a sign or a couple of signs uh, of what a response in faith should look like, what a life of faith should look like. Look at verse 7 again. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. So number one this morning, we're going to look at some signs of faith. Some signs of faith. We see three signs here, very easy in the text here. Be strong, be courageous, and be obedient. And I, I, I like the way this is... This is all set up. So God gives this great command to go over the Jordan, conquer the promised land, and all those are the things that, that go along with that. And he says, only be thou strong. Just do this in the beginning. Only be thou strong, courageous, and obedient. So number one, I believe we see a sign of strength. We see a sign of strength. It's a sign that should be also in us. Now Joshua was a military leader. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later on, what it means to be a military leader or something along those lines there. But don't let that frighten you, if you will, just because you're not a military leader. We should be a strong people. We have God within us. Be thou strong. Only be thou strong. A sign of strength. Again, the Bible teaches us that God is not willing that any should perish and therefore calls all his people all people in this world, as, as Romans said earlier, we're all brothers. God called us. We're all sons of Adam. He has called us to himself for salvation. But we must respond. We must respond. So in putting this sermon together, I was thinking what it means to be strong and, and how the Lord would use this, this outline, if you will. Now, this is my outline, but we're preaching from God's Word where the power is. But I thought about what it meant to be strong today. And I thought of at least two applications of strength in regards to our response in faith to God's calling. First, there's a calling for, of God for salvation. There's a calling of God for salvation. And if I can have the liberty to put it this way, if you have not responded to the call of salvation, it's high time to do so. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. He even commands it. He's calling you. Listen, our life is just a vapor here today. Gone tomorrow, the Bible says in the book of James. So if we think about the shortness of our life, as they might say in Texas, Brother Jeff, stop him hawing around what you know might be the truth and surrender. Be strong enough to accept Jesus Christ. Cowboy up, maybe, you can say that. Have the strength of faith to call on Christ. I know that's maybe, maybe not the normal way we see that, be, be, but be strong enough to admit that even on your best day, you don't measure up to God's standard. 
That takes some strength to do so. You need forgiveness. Be strong enough to admit that you need forgiveness. Be strong enough to admit that you need Jesus Christ. Be strong by receiving the gift, the free gift of salvation. But also be strong, number two, in your salvation. Be strong in that salvation. If by faith you have answered the call to salvation, you've, you've surrendered your life to Christ, you are a new person in Christ, no doubt you are a changed person. So don't doubt that change. Be strong in that change. Listen, your birth into the family of God is just that. It's a birth. It's irreversible. Yes, your salvation is by grace through faith, but it's not based on you. It's based on the cross. It's based on what Jesus paid on that cross. I take great comfort in that, that when I fail on a daily basis, I realize that I, my, my salvation is not in jeopardy because it's based on the cross. It's based on what He has done for me. So be strong in your calling, in your salvation. Be secure. Know that you are saved. Bank on it. I guess we can put it that way. Know that you're saved. Build your life around that truth. If you are truly a changed person, birthed into the family of God, your whole life is focused. It begins. It's a change. It's a hinge in your life. Be strong in that change. Be strong in that change. Know that you're saved. You know, our abilities, as we go from that point on, our abilities are based on our strength. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, the Bible states, Peter wrote, Give diligence to make your election or your calling and election sure. Be, take some time to make your salvation sure. For if you do these things, I love this, ye shall never fall. We want to know how to live that victorious life. Will you never fall? Give God the glory and be strong in your salvation. Be strong in that. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. This is why God told Joshua to be strong. He was to be strong in a military sense, yes, but he began with the strength of his faith in God and a God who simply can. We believe in a God who can. Be strong in that faith because you will, without a doubt, without a doubt, face an obstacle that will challenge you. It will challenge your faith. It will challenge you dead in your tracks as you're serving God. Do I want to keep serving God? It's going to happen. It is going to happen. Be strong in your salvation now. Build upon that now. So when that day comes, you will be prepared for that day. Be strong in your faith. Next we see not only a strength a sign of faith, but so is courage. And they kind of go hand in hand. Many times in the Old Testament, the courage and strength kind of use the same Hebrew word here, but they're here for a difference. We are to be very courageous. Joshua was to be very courageous. I think I can say this. Christian courage is a sign of faith. Christian courage is a sign of faith. Someone once said that one man with courage makes a majority. I like that. One man with courage makes a majority. You know, courage in the sense of what God told Joshua was mental courage, physical courage, in the face of physical harm as he led God's people into battle against a numerically superior army. And while we certainly need courageous Christians in our military, praise God for those, in Germany's military, America's military, whatever, what have you, we need Christians, courageous Christians serving our countries, whatever that looks like. But our nations, America, Germany, Romania, name it, 
They need more so courageous Christians in these churches, in our communities. We need Christians who will stand up for God. From the pews to the pastors, we need men and women of God who are not afraid to stand up for God. Now, I said this, I haven't, I haven't used this example in many years, but there was a time maybe in my life where I knew I was, I was raised to bless the food or ask the Lord to bless the food. And uh, as a young soldier in, in the chow hall back in the early 90s, you know, I wanted to pray. I was looking around, you know, seeing all those other people around me. And, you know, I don't want to be that Bible thumper. I don't want to be that prayer. So you do something like knock your fork off the table or something and just like, well, Heavenly Father, please bless this food. And you're just mumbling under your breath trying to, keep, trying to pick your fork up so somebody else doesn't notice. But be courageous. Don't hide behind that. God didn't hide. The crucifixion of Christ wasn't done in a corner. The whole world saw it. Be courageous. When life gets in the way, when friends choose otherwise, when even those closest people to you oppose you, have the strength and courage to press on, to choose Christ, choose to read His Word, choose to pray, choose to worship, choose Christ. That takes courage, sometimes remarkable courage. Remember what Joshua told the Israelites in verse 15 of chapter 24? It's probably written on some of you guys' walls. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. And then he finishes out that verse, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Make it a point. Have the courage and the strength to just say, I'm going to serve the Lord. That took courage for Joshua to write these things. It took even more courage to live those things out. And then lastly, in this, under this heading of signs of faith, and probably the most evident sign of faith is that we are to be obedient. We are to be obedient. Look at that. Look at verse 7 again. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Strength, courage, and obedience. I know we talked a little bit about obedience last week, but according to this verse, obedience is the reason to be strong and courageous. To be strong and courageous, to be obedient. God told Joshua to do so, to be strong and courageous, that thou mayest observe. So you can be obedient. And he even reiterates this importance in the next verse. You know, as Deuteronomy closed, God through Moses told Joshua, be strong and very courageous. And then we get to the book of Joshua three times in this first chapter, be strong and courageous and be obedient. So in Deuteronomy and in the book of Joshua, God even reiterates it again in the importance in the next verse. Look at verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You know, God's word, according to verse 8 there, should never cease coming out of our mouth. It should never stop. It should never stop. We should always be speaking about how great our God is. Write it upon the walls in your house. Put it in pictures. Put it all over to remind yourself of how great a God we have. Don't let it cease to come out of your mouth or out of your person. We are to study it day and night. And then in the next verse, he says, Have not I commanded thee? Have not I commanded thee? Be strong, be courageous, and be obedient. 
You know, God truly enabled Joshua. There's no doubt about it. We see God in the life of Joshua. But you know, he has also enabled us to be strong and courageous and obedient. Joshua had, as we have, God's promise. He had God's presence and he had God's power. Again, victory was sure. Victory was a given. He just had to go through the motions. Victory was given. It was in the bag, as we say, for for Joshua. And if you are in Christ this morning, our victory is more sure than your presence here this morning. It's more sure because it's based on God. It's not based on us. We can and we should be strong. We can and we should be courageous. And we can and should be obedient. Don't focus on yesterday. Don't focus on the failures. Focus on Christ. And may these signs of faith be evident in your walk of faith. May they be evident in you. But praise the Lord, the book of Joshua doesn't stop there, does it? It gives us signs of faith, yes. But it lets us see those signs being lived out. It lets us see the strength and courage of Joshua and the children of Israel being lived out in the pages right before us. We go from the signs of faith very clearly to the steps of faith. Jump over to chapter 3. Chapter 3, look at verse number 9. Joshua chapter 3, verse number 9. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither. And hear the word of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out them before you, the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Perizzites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, verse 11, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take you twelve men out of the twelve tribes of Israel, out of every man a tribe, And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand up on a heap. And and it came to pass, in verse 14, when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above, picture a a river coming down from north to south, so to speak. The waters which came down from the north stood and rose up on a heap very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zeraton, and those that came downward toward the sea, the south of that parting there of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground, in the midst of the Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground unto all the people were passed clean over Jordan. Oh, we serve a great God. We serve an amazing God, and we get to see these steps of faith lived out uh, in the life of Joshua and the children of Israel. So this book here, the book of Joshua, began with his calling, and in this chapter, and in, even in the next chapter, we see the crossing of the Jordan River. Now, there are many significant things we can point out about this crossing. We will not get anywhere near, we will not touch all the things that there is that this crossing typifies, but we'll talk about some of them. We could point out 
that this crossing and how it required a measure of faith for Joshua and the children of Israel, and that would be a true statement. It required them to have faith. In some ways, it's a picture of our spiritual baptism. For, and it's a picture of baptism for this new group of people. If you remember, one of the reasons that Israel wandered for 40 years, one, they were disobedient, and then those people, the, the elders, they, were, they had to all pass away, and these new new group of leaders in the children of Israel were now, you know, 30s, maybe some, maybe 39, maybe even 40, but from 20 to 40, the leaders of the children of Israel, none of them, as we see in the text here, we won't get into, into it this morning, but they haven't witnessed the Red Sea crossing. They haven't even been circumcised yet. They will, they will happen, they will, that, that's what happened here. But we see this, a new group, so we need to see a picture of their baptism, if you will, as they follow the Lord into the promised land. And the crossing of Jordan can easily typify our spiritual baptism with our new life in Christ. As they traveled into the promised land, we travel into the promised land in this life, in our new life in Jesus Christ. And while baptism today, which we'll have one later on after the service, it is clearly a step of obedience. I would argue it's the first step of obedience, but it's also a step of faith. It is a step of faith, just like this river crossing was for the children of Israel. It took faith to take those steps. You know, when God parted the Red Sea, He did so in front of all Israel. Y'all, y'all remember the thing? Moses, uh, Moses held up his staff, and the rivers, and the Red Sea parted, and they all walked over. You see the rendition in Hollywood. I think there's three movies out, and all of them are not biblically accurate, but some of them are interesting to watch. But Moses held his staff up there. And God parted the Red Sea, and then they stepped into the dry ground. But here in Joshua 3 and 4, the priest must step into the water first before the water parts. He must step into the water with the Ark of the Covenant, which represents God, and then the waters part. And before we go any further this morning, it is clear that God still works this way today. God still works this way today. Maybe in the past... You have followed him because you have seen his hand in your life. You've seen him move in your life, whether it's in church, whether it's for salvation. You just knew God was with you. And that's a good thing, by the way. But maybe one of the reasons you don't see his hand anymore is because you're still standing at the brink on the banks of Jordan. You're not stepping forward. you got to take that step. God has brought you to salvation. He's shown you his hand. He's saved you, and he's done miracles in your life. But there's going to come a time where he wants a little bit more faith, and you got to take that step. you got to take that step. Many of us are facing Jordans. We don't want to step in. And whatever God is speaking to you this morning, even this very moment or has been in the past, whether it's about salvation or baptism, joining a church, full-time ministry, whatever it may be, take that step. Take the step. God will not forsake you nor leave you. And wherever... Each of us are in this journey called faith as believers. In this steps of faith, there are at least three steps of faith that we can see here found in Israel's actions that I believe are applicable to us even today. Look again at verse number 11. Verse number 11, the Bible says, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you into Jordan. Behold, behold the ark of the covenant. And our first step this morning that we're going to talk about, 
I think we must first behold the Lord. Matter of fact, that's, that's anything we do in life. If we're going to follow the Lord, especially as Christians, we must behold the Lord. We, we must see Him. We've got to see the Lord. If we're going to follow the Lord, which we'll talk about here in a moment, we need to see the Lord. We need to see Him moving. In every step of faith, I believe we must first behold the Lord. There's no following the Lord without seeing the Lord. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about seeing Him in the Scriptures, seeing Him in your worship here this morning, seeing Him in your own devotions, in your prayer, seeing Him in your life. See God. See the Lord. In verse 9, uh, Joshua wrote up again, Come hither. I like that word there, that phrase. Come hither and hear the word of the Lord. And in verse 10, he says, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you. In other words, Joshua brought the children of Israel, brought their attention to the Lord. And that's what we're here this morning about. I hope you're not here just to, see, just to hear me, but we're here to see the Lord this morning. We're here to see the Lord. Joshua brought their attention to the Lord, and we need to bring our attention to the Lord. Because the Ark of the Covenant, it represented the Lord. Our attention must be on the Lord. This is a very important first step of faith, to see the Lord. I'm not talking about salvation, although it it applies. I'm talking about after that. You're following the Lord. You've been baptized. You're trying to live the right life. You're trying to find that direction in your life. Look for the Lord in the Scriptures and church and so forth. Look for the Lord. You see, the Lord went down to the midst of the Jordan to show the way. He went down to the midst of the Jordan to cut a path, to lead. And while following the Lord is the clear next step, we must see Him first. Because after receiving direction from the Lord, we must follow Him. But we got to see Him first. You know, it's important to know that there was no river crossing, there would be no river crossing, without the Lord going before them. If the priest didn't go forward with the Ark of the Covenant, they'd still be sitting. We wouldn't even be reading about this. They had to make that step. Yes, the priest who bore the ark had to step by faith as the river parted beneath their feet, but the children of Israel followed them as they followed the Lord. So we must see the Lord. We must follow the Lord. I like verse 11 again. The Lord of all the earth passeth over before you. I can just picture myself standing on the brink of the Jordan River and watching the ark go across And as you see from a distance, the water's parting as the ark moves across the Jordan. Fascinating. Fascinating. The the Lord of all the earth passed over before you in the Jordan. And verse 16 says, and the people passed over. They followed the Lord. It's a clear picture again of our salvation with the Lord cutting the pathway to our salvation. He cut a a path to, to God through the cross, to God the Father. But again, it's also a picture of our daily uh, daily living by faith. Now, we may not see water splitting before us, although if that happens, please call me. I want to come see it. We may not see it. We may not see them standing up on a heap. But through the Holy Spirit, I promise you, by experience, and I know I'm not the only one here, you can see the leading of the Lord in your life. You can sense that calling. You You can follow the Lord. And for the record, speaking of that, God always leads in accordance with this book. Never contrary to this book. Always leads in accordance with this book because he cannot contradict himself. He wrote this. He cannot contradict this, so he follows this. 
The Bible, therefore, is our measuring stick of sorts. When we, we feel led of the Lord, if it's contrary to the Word of God, we go like, well, okay, well, maybe this isn't from the Lord. It's our measuring stick. And also, God always leads above reproach. You're like, what does that mean? He always confirms His leading in your life through Scripture and through godly men and through godly women. He doesn't, you know, living above reproach, that's kind of one of my things I told my children as they were growing up. Always be above reproach. In all the things that you do, live above reproach. And one of the examples I gave them is to never put yourself in a position where somebody else has to completely trust you. Right? So, you know, I, I, live, I try to live that way. God is our God. And I think He gives us that example. So when God gives me a calling, He doesn't just put it in my heart and nobody else can see. Think of Acts chapter 13 when Paul and Barnabas and the others went forward there. God talked to the church. And He said to the church, separate unto me Barnabas and Paul. He'd already been working with Barnabas. But He confirmed that calling with the church. God leads above reproach. God leads above reproach. He always leads his leaders. He leads those who follow him as a follower is bound to the written word of God. He leads in accordance with the written word of God, in accordance with how he leads the church of God. That's his plan, not mine. It's God's plan. So again, we must see the Lord. We must follow the Lord. Then notice Joshua chapter 4. I want you to jump over to verse number 5. Joshua chapter 4, verse 5. It seems long, but we'll only be here for a few more minutes, maybe. <laughs> Verse 5 says, And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, when it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. So we must see Him, follow Him, and honor Him. We must honor the Lord. We are to give God the glory due to His name. Now, this is important stuff. And from experience, I know that if I don't give God the glory for something that He deserved the glory for, I tend to take that glory, and that's not the right way. So a good habit is to, get in, is to give, that, give God the glory in all that you do because our only glory is in Jesus Christ. Always honor the Lord. Always honor the Lord. It does us more good than you might think. Not only is He worthy of our honor, but it keeps us in a right mindset before God and before men. I want to say this, and it kind of goes back into the courageous and the strength part. But don't be afraid to praise the Lord outside of church. Honor the Lord in word and action wherever you are. In context here, Israel was to remember their entry into the promised land. Again, it's an easy picture of our crossing from a life of sin and self into the family of our Creator God. So we ought to make a big deal about the cross. We are to make a big deal about the cross. This is our 12 stones, if you will. Remember the cross. We should stack up our spiritual rocks, if you will, for a memorial unto the rock of salvation, our Savior. Never forget the cross. Never forget your salvation and remind yourself of the cross often. 
These were a memorial commanded by God to set up. Never forget the cross. Matter of fact, if you forget the cross, that's where the danger comes in. That's where the danger comes in. And as we progress this morning, I'd like to point out verse 17 again. Verse 17 says, there in chapter 3, And the priest that bare the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until the people were passed clean over Jordan. God stood firm in the midst until all Israel made it across. Firm in the midst. You know, God is not going anywhere until all who believe make it across. Firm in the midst. Not one soul will be left behind. Our salvation is as firm, even more so than the priest who stood in that Jordan. While Job cried for a mediator in in his life between him and God, the New Testament, especially the book of Hebrews, makes it clear that Jesus is our mediator. He is the one who stands firm for us as we cross into the promised land. Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 1.5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And the author of Hebrews again wrote that Jesus, as our mediator, ever lives to make intercession for us as a go-between for His children. Friends, Jesus stands firm until we all cross. Until we all cross. We must only step in faith. We must see Him. We must follow Him. And we must honor Him. Which brings us to our last truth this morning. It's a, it's a fast one, I believe. Please turn a few pages to the right to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6, look at verse number 1. The Bible says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once thou shalt do six days. And even and seven priests, rather, shall bear shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it came to pass that when they made a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And then I want you to jump down to verse number 16, the same chapter. And it came to pass that the seventh time, when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. Verse 20, So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet that the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. We are to have the, step, the signs of faith, steps of faith, and a shout of faith. We see that very clear. Now, we, we know this story. We just read a little bit about it. God, through Joshua, led the children of Israel around the walls of Jericho six days without a noise. And then on the seventh day, they shouted unto the Lord. Without mistake, this is a military operation. The Israelites went there to conquer the land. It belonged to them, and they are taking it back. Because by God's providence, 
And in this verse, we see a picture of our new life in faith, a new life of faith in Christ after crossing our Jordan, if you will. There will be battles, but like Israel, again, we fight from victory to victory, praise God. There are some today who frown upon the use of military terms to describe our walk in faith. There are some who've went through hymn books and ripped out all the, all the military-style songs. We still have them in ours, praise God. But they frown on, those usage, on the usage of those words. But to do so, I believe, is to water down what it means to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember 1 Peter 5.8? Be strong, or be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And what about Ephesians 6.11? Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. These sound like military terms to me. Simply put, as Christians, we are indeed in a battle. We are indeed in a battle. If you are a believer, you have your soul secure. There are others whose souls lay in the balance. We are in a battle. But these battles are not won with our tactical genius. They are not won with our, with our gifted, whatever you want to call that, how we can maneuver. They are won by faith in Jesus Christ. We don't necessarily have to shout in faith like the, like the Israelites did here when we go into spiritual battle. But we should pray. We should make some noise to the Lord. Above all, and as we stated in the beginning, whether we shout, whether we sing, whether we praise, whether we pray, whatever it is, we must do so by faith. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. Not by military prowess or tactical intelligence, by faith. And as we go through this blood bought life in Christ. If you are, in fact, a believer, you, as we've already mentioned, will undoubtedly be faced with Jerichos. It's going to happen. You're going to face some Jerichos whose walls seem impenetrable. Those walls and whatever obstacles we are facing could be very much like Jericho's walls, spiritually speaking, for us. Straightly up, straightly shut up, if you will. None went out, none went in, cannot get it at all. But friends, rest assured, there's no river too wide and there's no wall too high that our God can't conquer. We fight again from victory to victory by faith. Faith is the victory. 1 John 5, 4 says that this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So whatever you are facing today, face it with faith in the Lord. Give a shout of faith, maybe, and watch the walls come crumbling down before you. He is able. God is able. The problem is not a lack of strength on His part. His arm is not shortened, but it's a lack of faith on ours. Many times we face these walls, and we don't do so in faith, and they're still there before us. I honestly believe that there are true believers who have crossed the Jordan, if you will, living in the promised land, and there are many years standing outside the walls of Jericho, just waiting for their faith to motivate God to tear those walls down. Live by faith. Shout to the Lord. Many Christians, I was one of them. Many of them have not fought one battle, and certainly not won one battle after crossing. And then there's, there's others standing before Jericho again, wondering how they would ever get victory over that obstacle in their life, and they're still on this side of Jordan. They're still on this side of Jordan. 
They can see the walls across the sea, but they haven't trusted Christ as their Savior. Trust Christ. Cross the Jordan. Live a new life in Jesus Christ. And whatever the case may be, victory, again, only comes by faith in Jesus Christ. Are there signs of faith in your life? Do people see strength in your life, courage, obedience? Have you taken that step of faith? Are you still standing on the other side of Jordan? Are you standing outside the walls of Jericho? Move forward in faith. Move forward by trusting Christ as your Savior, by being baptized, by trusting Him in the things you can't see, just stepping into the unknown. Have faith. Have faith. Do you see Jesus in your life? Do you follow Him? Do you honor Him? Do you get victory over the things in your lives? Have you shouted to the Lord? Let's talk to Him this very moment.